it's definitely um, something that is beneficial to patients. And we know that ready access to emergency contraceptions do not lead to more unprotected intercourse or less contraceptive use. Um, it does not increase the risk of unintended pregnancy. And so it's important for patients and providers to discuss this as a, as a form of contraception, regardless of what their um, contraceptive plans are. Discussions around emergency contraception often include some myths and misunderstandings. Even the nickname that we've given it of the morning after pill gives us kind of an inaccurate sense of emergency contraception's effective time frame. Dr. Molly Lepic joined this episode of the Women's HealthCast to help us clear up some common questions about emergency contraception, including when to use it, how it works, what types are available, and where people can find it when they need it. From the University of Wisconsin-Madison Department of Obstetrics and Gynecology, I'm Jackie Askins, and this is the Women's HealthCast. Today on the Women's HealthCast, I am joined by Dr. Molly Lepic, who is here to talk to us about emergency contraception. Thank you for being here. Of course. I'm happy to be here. I have been really curious about emergency contraception for a long time. I feel like I don't have a great understanding of like how it works exactly, um, optimal use, and things like that. So I'm, I'm really excited to learn more from you. And I feel like a good place to start would be just what what is emergency contraception? What do I mean when I say that? Well, and I, I think a really good place to start is then how does emergency contraception vary from kind of traditional contraception? So most people have some idea of contraception or different forms of birth control that are used on a regular basis to prevent pregnancy. Those can be things like birth control pills, patches, rings. Um, there are other medical options like the implants or the IUDs that are becoming have become more popular. Uh, and then also barrier methods such as condoms. So emergency contraception varies and differs from that in that it's used kind of after an unprotected intercourse um, experience or, or exposure to prevent pregnancy as opposed to the standard birth control that prevents it all the time. This is when there's been a lapse in birth control that can be a way that, that prevents pregnancy. So if I'm seeking emergency contraception, um, what kind of product am I actually like looking for or getting? Yeah, there's a lot of different, uh, there's a few different types of emergency contraception. Um, and there, there are some that can be obtained over the counter without a prescription. And there's some that you need to see a healthcare provider for. Uh, many people have heard of like Plan B, which is one of the most kind of well-known um, forms of, of birth control, or excuse me, it's one of the more uh, well-known forms of emergency contraception. Um, so there are hormonal pills, such as the progesterone-only pill that can be used as an emergency contraception. There are selective progesterone receptor modulators, which is one of the newest forms of emergency contraception, um, brand name known as Ella or Erlopristal acetate um, that sometimes people have heard about. Some women can use um, co combined oral contraceptive pills in a different dose to use as emergency contraception if there was a lapse in them taking pills or or there was a, a or there was a unprotected intercourse encounter um, and then a lot of women have maybe heard about using the copper IUD as well as a form of emergency contraception. I kind of want to add in something earlier too I didn't really talk about this but Emergency contraception is different in standard contraception in that it does work 
after an unprotected intercourse, but before implantation of a pregnancy. So that's really when it's most useful and when it's, um, when it, when it works. Okay. So it sounds like, um, people would seek out emergency contraception if there was maybe like a failure of a barrier method, like a condom broke or, um, wasn't used. The most frequently thing, the most frequent things I see patients, you know, asking or requesting are things like, you know, they they didn't use a condom for the entire um, intercourse, or a condom broke or slipped, or they realized when they went to take their next pill that they maybe missed a pill or two, and they didn't realize that there was a lapse in that. Certainly, an, another important part of emergency contraception is after sexual assault as well to prevent um, un, unintended pregnancy um, after those encounters as well. I'd like to learn a little bit about kind of how it works, like what happens um, in the body. And I think I'm thinking in particular of um, sort of your plan B style pills. Um, What actually like happens in our bodies when we use a product like that? Yeah, so these medications um, really affect ovulation, and they work to delay ovulation most of the time. So ovulation is the release of a, of an ovum or an egg that will try to get fertilized by a sperm and and result in a pregnancy. In this case, when somebody takes an emergency contraceptive pill, specifically like the Plan B or the levonorgestrel um, uh, oral or progesterone only pills. These delay ovulation because they affect the way that the follicle is developing uh, prior to the LH surge that causes ovulation in, in any cycle. Is there a window of time after that birth control failure or unprotected sexual encounter during which you can use emergency contraception where it like is most effective? I guess you when how quickly do you have to kind of decide? Yeah, that's a great question and a really common one. Um, It's best to take any form of of emergency contraception as soon as you can to the the unprotected intercourse um, experience. Uh, That being said, the medications can work up to five days. So plan B is really best within the first 72 hours or three days after unprotected intercourse. And we do know that it's best within those first 24 hours if somebody is able to, to take the medication then. Um, Ella or erlopristal acetate is approved for up to five days um, to prevent, um, to, to be used as emergency contraception. And it's probably a little bit better than plan B in that fourth and fifth day, especially um, to, to, help, um, as an emer- to help prevent pregnancy. As far as the Paragard IUD, um, again, that's, that's up to five days is what it's uh, most studied in. There are some studies saying we might be able to use it a little bit longer, but again, the sooner you can take emergency contraception or use emergency contraception, the more effective it is going to be at preventing an unintended pregnancy. How does the Paragard IUD work? So you mentioned that um, the Pills, especially like the progesterone-only pills, those work by delaying ovulation, um, which I think would then, you know, there's nothing to implant. If if no egg gets fertilized, then there's no fertilized egg to implant. So there's just kind of how you've head off that pregnancy at the pass. But if you're using the copper IUD, how does that work? Yeah, the copper IUD actually works a little bit more to inhibit um, sperm function. Um, so that the sperm can't reach an egg to fertilize an egg. 
Um, and it probably has a little bit of an effect on the endometrial layer too, so that it's harder for a pregnancy to, to implant, but it's mostly at the level of the sperm function that prevents fertilization that way. I'm kind of curious what sort of side effects are typical with using emergency contraception. Yeah, the big one is, you know, thinking about the pill forms of emergency contraception because they really alter ovulation. Um, there is sometimes some some bleeding that can occur a little bit off schedule. So sometimes people can have a little bit of spotting or bleeding shortly after they take the pill um, or it can delay their period by a little bit of time as it's altering that timing of ovulation, which then affects that that subsequent cycle beginning. The other side effects we see are, are very common side effects with any hormonal contraception, such as headache, uh, maybe a little bit of nausea or vomiting. Sometimes these are in slightly higher doses as emergency contraception than what your standard uh, birth control would have. So you might have a little bit more nausea um, or some vomiting that can be associated with that. Very rarely do people have more systemic side effects like dizziness or fatigue that they can feel after taking emergency contraception. These symptoms are really pretty mild and very self-limited. Uh, they don't last very long. And most people don't have, have major side effects and certainly there are no known long-term side effects of, of taking emergency contraception. What kind of side effects might be considered more like abnormal than um and might suggest that someone should maybe get in touch with their healthcare provider to check in. So certainly if somebody develops severe lower abdominal pain or if their period is delayed by more than one week from when they expected their period to, to present, they should definitely see a healthcare provider. Or if they you know, have a positive pregnancy test, we definitely would want them to be seen. Um, if somebody has persistent irregular bleeding, kind of following a birth, the, the use of emergency contraceptives, this may be something that we see for one to sometimes three or four weeks after, uh, after somebody uses emergency contraception. But if this is persistent and lasting longer than that, I would definitely want them to seek, um, seek some care from their healthcare provider. Additionally, if women use emergency contraception following sexual assault to prevent pregnancy, they may benefit from additional support and treatment. Um, and so that may be a, a really you know, helpful thing to see a healthcare provider about um, just, to, just to get some additional um, treatments and, and additional support from a provider. How often is it safe to use emergency contraception or like how many times in a person's life can, can they use it? Yeah, it, what, one important thing to know about emergency contraception is that for that individual cycle, because it does delay ovulation, it is important that after you use emergency contraception that you use some sort of backup form of birth control so that you don't get pregnant potentially in a few days when that ovulation has been delayed. Um, so that's one thing, um, you know, so it is safe to use more than once in a cycle, so we don't have a lot of data about emergency contraception that's used frequently over a long period of time, uh, and it really should not be the primary method of contraception that somebody uses, uh, but we don't have any evidence uh, that it really is harmful to use even more than once in a menstrual cycle or um, a few times a year. We don't see that that is a high risk of any complication. I feel like I've heard that emergency contraception isn't as effective for people with a higher weight. Is that the case? The oral forms of emergency contraceptive can be affected by body weight. 
So we do know that women who are overweight or obese, the, the pill forms may be a little bit less effective for them. So that being said, oral emergency contraceptives should still be offered to women regardless of their BMI or their body weight because it still has some benefit. But it is important that those patients may be counseled that perhaps the copper IUD might be a better form of emergency contraceptive for them as it uh, does not have any influence based on body weight. You know, kind of Kind of on similar lines, I guess, is there anyone who should avoid using emergency contraception, any like pre-existing conditions or anything that would make it either less effective or dangerous or concerning for them? Yeah, that's that's another great question. I know a lot of women have been told maybe they shouldn't be on birth control pills or maybe they shouldn't be taking different forms of contraception for various medical conditions. There is no absolute contraindication to emergency contraception. So women who have had a blood clot, um, like a pulmonary embolism or a, a deep vein thrombosis or a DVT, have been told they can't be on birth control pills. But that's not an indication that they can't take a short term of an, of an emergency contraceptive pill. Really, the benefits of the emergency contraceptive pills then outweigh the risk of any, um, of any complication or any side effect. So there aren't really any medical conditions that preclude somebody from taking emergency contraception. Sometimes I think emergency contraception gets a bad rap as um, something that's causing an abortion. And I just want to ask and be super clear right now, if someone is already pregnant, if a pregnancy has already implanted and they use emergency contraception, what happens? Yeah, well, the you know, that would really be somebody who maybe shouldn't use emergency contraception too. So that's a good another point of somebody who thinks they might be pregnant shouldn't use emergency contraceptives. But these are not medications that cause an abortion. So if there is an existing pregnancy, if a pregnancy is already implanted into the uterus, these medications will not terminate that pregnancy. Very different than the medications that can be used um, to, to terminate a pregnancy, um, which are the, the abortion medications. Uh, these medications will be ineffective, and there's no evidence that they will cause any harm to an existing pregnancy. This hasn't been ex- this hasn't been explicitly studied, but there you know observational data suggests that there's no harm. We know that in women who have um, who become pregnant on birth control pills, for example, um, don't have risks of birth defects or or other complications to the pregnancy um, from that from that hormonal exposure. So I think you mentioned this earlier, but I just want to ask again, um, where can someone find emergency contraception? Is this something that we need prescriptions for? Uh, Are we able to kind of access it over the counter? And I I guess it might depend a little bit on what type we're talking about, whether it's uh, the pill form or IUD form. Yeah, absolutely. You know, for the IUD that is inserted by a healthcare provider, so you definitely need to be seen um, for for uh, the copper IUD or the Paragard IUD to be used as a form of emergency contraception. Again, that one needs to be placed within five days of an unprotected intercourse to be used as emergency contraception. But sometimes some studies are showing it may be even effective as late as 10 days. knowing that the sooner, again, to that unprotected intercourse that that IUD would be placed and the more effective it is. 
So the progesterone-only pills can be obtained over the counter or by a prescription. This is something like the Plan B One Step, the Next Choice, Take Action, or My Way are different brands of the, the levonorgestrel pills, um, which is a one dose of, of levonorgestrel. These can be obtained, like I said, from a prescription given by a healthcare provider, but they can also be obtained over the counter at, at local pharmacies. Something that I think is really pertinent to kind of living in this pandemic world right now is that some of these medications can even be ordered online. There, there are vendors that offer reduced cost for emergency contraception. Um, you can buy these online, such as a place like afterpill.com, um, where you can get um, a you can receive your progesterone-only emergency contraception by mail. Obviously, this needs to be something that you have in advance because it's typically not going to be shipped to you in the in the 72 hours that we recommend the progesterone-only emergency contraceptive to be used, but um, it can be obtained at your local pharmacy as well. Ella, or the erlopristal acetate medication, does require a prescription um, to, be, to be given. And this sometimes can be done over the phone by your provider, um, which, is, which is a good way to kind of get that access done quickly. It can be done at a local clinic. Um, sometimes, you know, different community health centers have that, um, that prescribing ability as well. Something that's really helpful about emergency contraception is obviously you're not planning, most people aren't planning to use emergency contraception. So something that I try to talk to my patients about and I think is a good idea for patients to bring up with their providers as well is potentially having a a just-in-case prescription or consider having a dose of the medication at home. If you're, you know, if you're somebody who uses barrier methods that have slightly higher tendency to be misused or or a condom could break Um, or if you find that you're somebody who misses pills on occasion that way you'd have that that medication available what kind of new developments are on the horizon for emergency contraception Regarding the IUDs as uh, as a form of emergency contraception, I think that this is a really pertinent time to be having this discussion. Recently, um, just in the January issue of the New England Journal of Medicine, there was a study out of Utah that shows that the levonorgestrel IUDs may be a beneficial form of emergency contraception. So this is a very new topic um, that's that's pretty um, that was just published kind of in the last month or so. Um, So traditionally, only the copper IUDs have been used as emergency contraception, but now it's looking like maybe the levonorgestrel IUDs might be able to be used as as a form of emergency contraception as well. I think this is a really um, important area for discussing emergency contraception because both the IUD then acts as an ongoing form of contraception as well. Um, so many people who are using an emergency form of contraception aren't planning to have a pregnancy, or at least right now. And so having a longer form of contraception that's a little bit more reliable um, is, is often a benefit. Uh, the levonorgestrel IUDs are more utilized in the United States than the copper IUD, mainly because they have a little bit of an added uh, benefit of reducing menstrual bleeding and sometimes cramping that can be associated with that. And, and we see that sometimes with the copper IUD, especially in the few months after placement, you can have a little bit of a heavier cycle or a little bit more cramping. So I think that this is going to be a new area of interest and, and something that's coming up. And, and um, as, a, as an OBGYN, it's something that I'm going to be looking into more for discussing with my patients as well.
Dr. Lepic, as we wrap up, I just want to ask, what's one thing you wish more people really understood about emergency contraception? I think that there is unfortunately a stigma a little bit with emergency contraception, kind of like we discussed. You know, I think it's really important to understand that these medications are a form of contraception. They do not cause abortion or, or cause terminations of pregnancy, um, which is obviously a sensitive a sensitive issue for many people. Um, the 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 other thing I would like people to know is that as soon as you're able to seek treatment, whether it's an over-the-counter treatment method, something like Plan B, or a prescription um, with the with the Ella or or a, an IUD, um, the earlier you initiate that, the the closer you initiate that to an un- unprotected intercourse, um, the more effective it's going to be. Overall, standard contraception is still the most effective, you know, form of, of birth control, but emergency contraception is pretty, pretty effective as well. Pregnancy rates are probably in the 1% to 2% range after emergency contraception, so not quite as good as standard birth control, but overall um, a, a very, very effective um, way to help prevent an unintended pregnancy. And then the last thing, too, is, is I think that there's sometimes some... Um, hesitancy among providers to prescribe it just because they're unfamiliar with it. So definitely seeking out colleagues who are a little bit more uh, familiar at, at prescribing it is it's definitely um, something that is beneficial to patients. And we know that ready access to emergency contraceptions do not lead to more unprotected intercourse or less contraceptive use. Um, it does not increase the risk of unintended pregnancy, and so it's important for patients and providers to discuss this as a as a form of contraception, regardless of what their um, contraceptive plans are. Dr. Lepic, thank you so much for joining the Women's Healthcast to talk about emergency contraception. I appreciate your time today. You're welcome. Have a good day. Join us next time on the Women's Health Cast when we'll be speaking with Dr. Keenan Omertog from the Washington University in St. Louis Department of OBGYN. We'll talk about social media and health communication. The Women's Health Cast is a production of the UW Madison Department of OBGYN. This episode was produced and engineered by Rob Garza. You can find the Women's Health Cast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you like to get your podcasts. And you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at WISCOBGYN. Let us know how we're doing. Rate and review us in your podcast app and let us know what health issues you'd like to learn about. Thanks for listening.